0: Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that app. Well, we got some more, uh, well, more of the same, basically. Let's just be completely honest with it. A um, lot of different combine stuff going on right now. I, you know, since it's at the front of my mind, probably should wait, but I'm going to do it anyways. Um, the rage right now, at least at my point in time, is Anthony Richardson. And it's funny to me because, just explain this to me. How is it possible that you can project hype for someone based on what you know that they're going to do? You know what I mean? Like what, I'm trying to think of a stupid analogy, but I can't. But it's imagine, here's how I picture this going. You've got the NFL draft media, and prior to the combine, they all come out and they say, "All of us are going to adjust our rankings of Anthony Richardson and get really excited when we find out that he runs in the mid four fours. And then he runs in the mid four fours, and they come out and say, "I can't believe this! This is crazy! He's the biggest freak I've ever seen in my entire life. He's going to be the number one overall pick." Like, wait, wait, wait a minute. I mean, listen. I, all the arguments you're saying make sense to me. Going number one potentially. I mean, I, I don't think you should, but you know, could that happen? Could a NFL team be that enamored with his athleticism? Sure. Could even argue the Bears should take him at one, which I would sign off on because why not, Anthony Richardson? And by the way, this is what I said like a month ago when I first had that discussion about let's let's open up the the, the forum on should the Packers potentially draft Anthony Richardson, and I said. He's a taller, bigger, faster version of Justin Fields. He's going to run the same speed as Justin Fields, but he's what, 2 inches taller and 15 20 pounds heavier or something. I don't want to look it up, but so so this is known information. Everybody knew this. It's like it it just it makes everything feel scripted. Like we we know what's going to happen, but we're not allowed to actually provide our analysis until we see it at the combine because we need to pretend for now that we don't know that this is a thing. I don't understand. Now there are other things that maybe people didn't know. And there are certain things that you, you you draw a line in the sand and say, you know, if this person runs this, then that kind of dispels these myths, or we really want to see these numbers. I don't think Anthony Richardson did anything today that shocked anyone. Now, technically, he did break NFL records, which is a big deal. But if, if he had jumped one inch shorter than his, you know, broad jump, it wouldn't have been a record. It just would have been a really high jump. By the way, the I think Desmond Ritter is the third best broad jump in the NFL, so it, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal if he did what. De- I mean, did you even know that Desmond Ritter was the second best broad jump for a quarterback in NFL Combine history? No, because nobody gives a crap. So yeah, I mean it, it it marginally better than what people expected. Even the 40 time, I think his projected 40 time was 4480 ran a 444. 4, 4, I think I don't know, sometimes these official times come in and they're significantly better or worse or whatever than than what everybody was saying, but nothing he did today really surprised me. The thing that surprises me is when everybody yesterday, two days for you, said that When Anthony Richardson does what he does at the Combine, a lot of things are going to change. Why? Change them now. You already know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I get that there are probably some people out there that aren't paying attention that didn't know. But everybody that's talking right now knew. So how does he go from, you know, let's say a maybe top 10 pick to a number one overall pick because he did exactly what everybody thought he was going to do? That's the part I don't get. E- even if it's like, well, no, we thought he was a four-four-eight guy, and you know, we thought his vert would be thirty-nine and a half, not forty and a half, and we thought his broad jump would be ten foot seven inches, and it was ten foot nine inches. So, it- so now he's a first-round pick. Come on, come on, that doesn't make sense, and I think you know that, and everybody knew he was six-four, two forty-four. So the And here's the other thing. This is a squabble. Or this is me narrating how ridiculous some people are on social media. There isn't a single NFL football team who watched that and just moved him on his board from number 26 to number one. Nobody did that. I would be surprised if he moved on anybody's board at all. I mean, why would he? Unless somebody else was just, one of these teams was just way off, like, nah, he ain't that fast. Yeah, he ain't that fast. bet he runs a 4.7. Just camera angles making him look fast. I mean, what... (sighs) The whole thing is stupid. So anyways, I I guess what I'm saying is, if you hear anybody say that he's flying up the boards right now, just understand one of two things. Number one, whoever's saying that is an idiot. Or number two, he's referring to the media's boards. And even that, I don't think could possibly be true. The only reason that's going to be happening is because you got some people that are legitimate in what they're trying to do and actually making evaluations and assessments. And you got other people who are just trying to get the clicks and everything else and so they want to be edgy and they want to do all this so they're going to have this. And I'm not saying he can't be the number 1 pick. What I am saying is if you've adjusted your your assessment of whether or not he's going to go number 1 overall because he ran a 44440 or because he broke a record in the broad jump, I think you're being silly. I think it's absolutely an option. In fact, uh, Mark Jarvis just recently put something on Twitter saying that he thinks that it's actually the most likely option. And it's not because he's the best quarterback, but he's saying that Young might be the best option to take if you're sitting at one. But if you're going to try to trade up, it's going to be a lot harder to sell that to give up the amount of draft capital necessary to go up and get a guy that's five 5'10", 200 pounds, which Bryce did weigh in at 204 but that it's a, it's, it's a tough sell to go up and get this tiny guy to give up two first-round picks or plus this, that, or the other, whoever knows how much that's going to cost. But if you're going to do that, it's easier to sell a 6'4", 245-pound guy running this speed, blah, blah, blah. Now, I don't know if that's a reality, but I'm just saying, if that's your contentions, fine. I can get behind that. I mean, aside from the part where Anthony Richardson is a bad quarterback, can't really throw and whatnot, but um, yeah, I I, uh, baffled by some of the reactions that I'm seeing, which I, it shouldn't be that surprising. And I guess as long as it stays within the realm of people that are being silly and and not at actual big time sites or reputable, this, that, or the other fine. But if I start seeing PFF or PFN or any of the PFs or the draft network or whatever, Changing drastically where Richardson stands because of this—that's uh, it's not a good look in my opinion. But anyways, now that we got that uh, out of the way, I do want to do somewhat of a comparison, as you know, looking at what the expectation was compared to what is. But they're really kind of slow trickling out some of this data. We could go back and looking at look at defensive tackles or whatnot, but we can save that for another day. But since we're on the combine subject, let's just continue with that, and then we'll kind of get into the latest on the Green Bay Packers news and notes and whatnot. Um, Speaking of Anthony Richardson and whatnot, and possibly going number one, the uh, Chicago Bears supposedly have been doing interviews with quarterbacks and all this kind of stuff, and obviously the biggest reaction is going to be, well, yeah, they have to sell it. They have to pretend that they're actually going to do it. First of all, as I've already said, that's a stupid strategy. Saying we're not selling this pick as a way to get people to ask you if you'll be willing to sell the pick doesn't seem like a very good strategy. But beyond that, the most recent rumor I've heard is that they're going to keep Justin Fields and they're not going to draft a quarterback. See, and this this is where people are stupid and it gets to be annoying. There's a contingent of people, let's just call them Rich Eisen, <laughs> that... Um, love Justin Fields. He's the greatest thing that's ever happened to anybody. And obviously the Bears would never consider getting rid of Justin Fields because he's amazing. And any idea that they would is ridiculous, right? So this is a group of people, we'll call them Rich Eisen. And so when news starts to come out that maybe these things are going to happen, he says, well, yeah, that's what they have to do. And he does a sit-down interview with Justin Fields and says, are you ready? Because obviously they're going to be lying about their interest in quarterbacks and all this kind of stuff, and I want to make sure that you're ready for that because they're lying and, and just laying the groundwork for making excuses for when we find out that the Bears are actually looking at quarterbacks. Then news comes out that they're not going to look at quarterbacks, and it's, ha, see? I told you they weren't going to look at quarterbacks. I knew it all along. They're going to trade it. Wait, what about the part where you said before that they were going to lie, that that's obvious, that everybody knows that? That's what every team does. And now all of a sudden you're saying every team doesn't do that and that that's what you, this is exactly what you expected. I don't understand. Well, I told you, I told you, I told you. And now, via the athletic, The Chicago Bears have shown interest in quarterbacks available in the 2023 NFL draft. Well, I don't understand. Well, they're just doing their due diligence. But I don't understand. You've already made your decision, I was told, that you're going to trade the pick. Why are you doing your due diligence? I thought Justin Fields was the guy, and you're going to get rid of the pick, and you're going to... I don't don't get it. You're doing your due diligence. Doesn't that mean that there's a possibility that you would draft a quarterback? Which, by the way, is exactly what the GM said. His, I believe his exact words were, we'd have to be blown away, which is another way of saying, yeah, we would. So we don't know what they're going to do. We don't know if they're going to draft a quarterback. But of course, now they're just doing their due diligence and it's probably fake. So now we're back to that old narrative. But anyways, despite all this, everything confirms my priors' nonsense, which is also hilarious about this combine thing. Every time a bad report comes out about a a, a player, it's like, well, that's fine. <laughs> Jordan Addison ran a really, really slow 40 time. I think he was like a four or five, five and he's like 175 pounds or something. Just absolutely absurd. And it's like, uh, excuse me. Jerry Rice was slow. It's like, pff, come on. Are you seriously going to pull out the Jerry Rice card? Because you can think of one example of a guy in 1991. That was good. Uh, you know, back in the day. That has nothing to do with anything. Everything confirms my priors. Because there's been good short quarterbacks in the NFL, that means that you should never take height into account. No, that's not how that works at all, actually. So again, that's that's what this is. Everything confirms my priors. If I say the Bears would never get rid of Justin Fields because he's awesome, that means every piece of news that comes out is going to confirm that, and I will twist it to make sure that that's the case. Anytime they say anything, like I'd have to be blown away, that's just that's just a smokescreen. And then when news comes out that they're trading the pick, it's like, see, told you. And then everything that says it's not, oh, it's smokescreen. Same with the Aaron Rodgers thing. People that want him gone will cling to every piece of data that says he's gone, even when it's just raw speculation. Nope, that's a report. No, it's not. It's made up speculation. Nope, nope, nope. You don't know journalism. You don't even know what you're talking about. It's funny all the fake wannabe journalists are the ones that are jumping up and down saying you don't know journalism when, in fact, they obviously have no idea what journalism is. Why does everything have to be that way? Anyways, as promised, the Bears did their due diligence on the quarterbacks in the draft class in the NFL scouting combine and concluded concluded with a meeting of Alabama's Bryce Young. It was a great room to be a part of, Young said Friday. We were able to talk ball. We were able to talk about my uh, last year. It was great staff. It was an honor. There was a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom in that room. For me to be able to pick their brain and learn so much was great. And so here's the other thing. And I forgot who had said this on Twitter recently with the uh, Anthony Richardson thing. And, and by the way, this is also exactly what I had said about Anthony Richardson. His floor is what we saw from Justin Fields this last year. I think that's true because what was Justin Fields' past year? He was a runner of the football, right? He was a guy that runs 4-4-5 four, four, and is kind of built and uh, evasive and elusive and all that stuff. I mean, it's it's everything that you know Anthony Richardson can do because you saw him do it in Florida. He can't throw, really bad at it. Passing offense was a joke, but he could at least do those things and everybody loved him for it. So why wouldn't the Bears want a bigger, younger, faster stronger version of the exact same guy that has the exact same struggles, but now you have more time to develop it and not you know, several years of evidence that maybe he can't change. I mean, even among Bears fans that want to kick and scream that Justin Fields is actually a great pick and they're all excited about it and you're an idiot if you don't see it. If you love what Justin Fields is doing, why wouldn't you love the prospect of drafting Anthony Richardson on top of it? What is it that Fields does that Richardson can't do? I mean, it's impossible he could be a worse thrower of the football, but considering Justin Fields is one of the worst in football in nearly every metric, as I've gone through several times on this show, um, how much worse could it get? I mean, I guess the argument you can make is you might, as, if, if you're going to choose between one Justin Fields or another Justin Fields, keep the one you got, trade back, get extra capital, and build around the guy. Rather than dumping the capital and getting a younger version of the same guy, I guess. I i don't know. I'm i am just throwing it out there that we shouldn't 100,000% rule it out. You know, th- there was a period of time, it's not so much today, but there was a period of time where the Packers planning on moving on from Aaron Rodgers would have been around that 2021 drama period when the rumors were that the Packers wanted to move on from Rogers or whatever. And it was the green Bay Packers are the dumbest organization of the history of the world. Everybody from Packers fans to bears fans, to everybody else said you bunch of idiots let go of Aaron Rodgers, and you're never going to win. And he's the best thing that's ever happened to, to anybody, blah, 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 blah. Fast forward a couple of years later, and it's not quite so obvious that not sticking with that instinct, if it were even true, um, wouldn't have been the best option. But the point is, just because the general consensus around the uh, landscape of fandom is that I think it's stupid, therefore the team thinks it's stupid, doesn't necessarily hold up. How do we know 100,000% that the team that didn't draft Justin Fields, that also has the uh, ability to look up his statistics, which are putrid. And I'm not just talking about yardage because, well, you, he, he didn't have any help. And if he doesn't have wide receivers, how can he get you? I'm talking accuracy. I'm talking about from a clean pocket. I'm talking about any and all metrics that you want to look at. They're all bad. Just because everybody's telling you that we like Justin Fields, therefore I think it's stupid if the Bears want to move on, doesn't mean that that's their opinion of things. What is the biggest piece of information you have that tells you that you know that they love Fields, other than everybody telling you that it would be stupid? I'm talking about the team themselves. How do you know? Just wondering. I still think they're going to trade back. But I also think that, well, part of the reason is, put it this way, if Trevor Lawrence was available, and I'm not saying he's great in the NFL today, I'm just going back to how much of a generational prospect he was seen to be. I think that they would take in Trevor Lawrence. Part of the reason they may not want to do that is because there's not that good of quarterbacks. But then again, if that's the case, how many teams are going to want to trade up? But that's a whole separate thing in addition and i find this interesting because this is nfl draft odds 2023 uh looking at the wide receivers and whatnot um it's interesting because i think this is going to change drastically but it was looking at the wide receivers and uh who is what the odds were that they were going to be drafted as the first wide receiver off the board jordan addison had the best odds at plus 125 now it looks like they bumped up his forty time to a four four nine, but still, when you're talking about a guy that is his size and you take speed off the table, I struggle to believe he's going to be the top guy. Now, on the other hand, Quentin Johnston, um, I'm I'm starting to really wonder about him, not only going early, possibly going first, but not even worrying about first or early. I'm starting to wonder about him as a Green Bay Packer. Now I don't know for sure that he'll even be available, but assuming he is, you you look at a situation where the guy is 6 foot 3, 208 pounds, So he's a big dude. Not massive. I mean he's not 6'4 225 or anything. Or 6'1 225 like some guys or 6'5 208. But 6'3 208 is is a big wide receiver. He is a prototypical X receiver. He had elite explosive uh, grades for his vert and broad jump. I think his expected 40 time is somewhere around mid four fours, so he's fast. Not elite blazing speed, but plenty fast. I don't know about agility, and I do think that that's a very important piece for him, but let's just assume that he checks all the athletic boxes, which I think he was expected to do anyways, and is a very large person. I was watching, um, who the heck was, oh, Steve Smith, I think, was talking. And he said, you know, I'm kind of torn on Quentin Johnston because... You watch Quentin, and one minute you look at him and go, holy cow, this guy's a freak. And the next minute it's like, what are you doing? And when I thought about that for a second, I thought, wait a minute. If the thing that you're thinking is going to keep him away from teams is the fact that once in a while he's not doing the right things or, or isn't exactly this, that, or the other. When teams draft, they're looking at what you can do, not what you can't do. With the idea being, we can clean it up. I want to see your ceiling. I want to see you at your best. It's why it's not the end of the world to watch highlight reels. It shouldn't be the full summation of um, what you think about somebody. But I, I was even thinking about this the other day when I was like, you know, what, what game should I watch of this prospect? And I was like, well, I don't usually like to watch the best. I don't like to watch the worst. I like to watch right in the middle to get a general sense of what they are. No, watch them at their best. And it's not to set an expectation, but I want to know what it is that you can do. It's, it's the exact same thing with Rashawn Gary. You watch his college tape, and it's like, oh, this guy sucks. But it's not about his college tape. It's about finding those little glimmers, those flashes of elite whatever, and realizing that with this foundation, I can build a heck of a house on this. And that's what you're trying to find, a guy with an unbelievably good foundation. So if it's 50-50, now granted, of course, sometimes you bet on a guy, and you think, I can teach him, I can coach him, and you can't. And you end up with this inconsistent product that never really materializes. And that's probably a big part of the reason a lot of guys never materialize. But the point is, and as cliche as it sounds, I think Quentin Johnston really does check all the boxes. Big, strong, fast, physical. And I think that's really the only question. And I can't answer the question necessarily. But, but the point is, if they've seen the route tree, and they've seen that he can do it, It doesn't matter that you've seen, you know, well, I watched him this one time and he dropped the ball. I I saw this one game, he dropped three passes. I saw this one game where he looks slow, which is one of the things Steve Smith said, like, why are you running slow all of a sudden? The next minute he looks fast. And that may be a, a different issue if you see him taking his foot off the gas or whatever. I, You know, whatever. There's different things you have to flesh out. Maybe he's got an injury issue, you know, whatever. But if you can honestly check all the boxes and at a high level, I think that's what teams are looking at. And I think he probably does that better than anybody. And that's part of the reason there are these athletic thresholds and the reason why you know, everyone thinks it's so stupid that there's all these, these lines that people draw. And again, there's, there's no definitive line that says, I will not draft somebody above or below this. But the problem is you can't teach height. So that's one thing that I know that is, going, that is a negative that will always be a negative. And with a lot of these guys, I can't find it. You know, I mean, the speed is, let's say, 445. All right, well, I know he's never going to be a 429 guy. But if I'm not looking for a 429 guy, doesn't matter. So I don't know. I'm uh, circling back around to that being a real possibility. And I I don't know if it's just because I'm talking myself into it, but I, I just pulled up uh, Quentin Johnson against Kansas. And I feel like I'm watching him for the first time because all of a sudden, <laughs> I hate even saying it because I was leader of the I Don't Get It fan club, but I'm watching him like, oh, dang. Like, what do you mean, oh, dang? We We watched this guy. We didn't like him, remember? I don't know. I might have to revisit this one a little bit. By the way, same goes for Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Um, Now, he's a slightly different situation because of the fact that he's seen largely as just a slot guy, but another guy with some solid size. And although his 40 time is not expected to be fantastic, his three cone was genuinely elite, which is a uh, pretty important metric for wide receivers. He ran a 6.57, and to the best that I can see... Uh, There are 16 wide receivers that have done that. The only guy that you might recognize that was a Green Bay Packer is Jamon Moore. Beyond that, his short shuttle of 3.93 seconds, I only see three wide receivers that have ever run that faster. Now, that isn't to say that there aren't some that are better. Maybe they did pro days. I don't know, but I'm just looking at combine times. Damian Copeland, Austin Pettis, and Brandon Cooks are the only wide receivers that I see that had a better short shuttle time than Jackson Smith and Jigba. So, again, if it wasn't for that slot receiver label, I don't really know what would be holding me back from assuming that this is a realistic possibility for the Packers at 15. Good fit, seems to be a good person, played for a big program, that which the Packers seem to care a lot about, winning programs. I haven't seen it recently, but I saw somewhere they they... Uh, had tied green bay to uh not only athletic players in general but really having a high threshold for three cones for wide receivers so um could they potentially be gushing over this i think it's entirely possible so i um not that i've ever really had anybody well interestingly enough the the highest person i had on my uh I don't want to say bored, but in, in my mind for the Green Bay Packers, who they were going to take was Brian Branch. It just seemed obvious to me. He had a terrible combine and the safeties in general, all unbelievably lacking in athleticism. That's not to say necessarily that they're bad, but to think that some, somebody would go at pick 15 that, that lacks any form of top end athleticism is, is hard to believe. And then you look at Quinton Johnston, who seems to be somewhat of a stud, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, who had elite measurables, on top of having being maybe the best wide receiver in college football a couple of years ago. Again, I don't know that they're going to be there, but if they are, I don't know that that wouldn't be the most logical thing in my mind right now. Again, it, it's a constantly evolving thing, but even above and beyond tight end, again, I, I think they might take some some swings. I don't know that they'll be necessarily super early swings, but hearing about their need for wide receivers, and I don't think they're just looking for depth. And even though this isn't necessarily a stacked wide receiver group, I do think that there's two guys, the two that I just mentioned, that could very legitimately be uh, options for the Packers at 15. Addison, I, I don't know that I could really get behind as a legitimate option. It's not to say that they don't like him, I just struggle to believe a guy of his size I mean, legitimate. He is 171 pounds. It's hard to find wide receivers that small. Five eleven, one seventy one, and barely, barely cracked into the four fours. Ran a four four nine. Had a bad vert and didn't do any of the agility drills. I just, I don't see it. Uh, final note, and again, I'm, I'm just getting caught up on what everybody's done or whatever. But um, as far as draft crushes, I, I think I'm just going to officially punch my card for Darnell Washington. Um, just i I, i've been watching going through watching what he did at the combine and and again nothing was really he actually ran i'm the only person that was disappointed with his speed he ran a four six five i think i've been telling you he's gonna run like a four six um and again another guy that apparently nobody knew that this was gonna happen everybody's like well everybody everybody knew he was big they just didn't know they thought he was slow and now he's like tight end one like are you serious this is all it took for him to be tight end one but yeah, he ran a 465, which again is is so unbelievably stupid at his size. But then it wasn't the 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 40 time didn't do it for me. It was a couple other things. There's, and I shared one of them on the Twitters. Um, and I'm gonna spend like the rest of the day just typing in people's names on Twitter so I can watch these different things. But um watching him run the gauntlet, I thought was incredible. He's such a absolute monster. His wingspan is ridiculous. They couldn't throw it over his head. But how smooth he was. I mean, his ability to just flip around side to side, run. I mean, his hands are so massive, he can catch everything. But then when he turns and runs up the field, he just flies. Then, if you go watch, the thing that I actually shared was um, him blocking. Somebody had posted a video of him uh, pushing one of these blocking sleds and he pushes it clean across, across the field, and then they show other clips of other tight ends doing it, and they're barely moving this thing, including Michael Mayer, um, who is still considered by some to be the top ten. I just I don't understand why anybody... I, mean, I guess you could say Dalton Kincaid if you think he's a legit just re- receiving threat, but that's where I get hung up because it's like, if you just want a good receiver, get a receiver. Yeah, well, he's going to be lined up against linebackers. Well, then put your wide receiver in tight and let him run against wide linebackers, if that's what you're concerned about. I don't understand this. Six foot six, 264 pounds. Oh, and by the way, second largest hands ever recorded for a tight end at the combine. It is the biggest wingspan of any tight end. He has the largest wingspan of any tight end that's been measured at the combine ever, and the second largest hands. Again, he is built like Mercedes Lewis. He blo- I mean, he literally blocks like an offensive lineman. When, when you talk about a guy being an extra offensive lineman as a tight end, it's mostly a cliche. It's not. Go watch him push that sled around like it doesn't exist. The, the, the only comp I can think of, honestly, probably better than uh, Mercedes Lewis is Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal is hilarious because he's not just this big, massive human being. The amount of power that he has is insane. One of the things that really shocked me, and there's a couple different things you look look at with Shaq to see how strong the guy, I mean, he's, it's insane how strong he is. But one of the things is is he did a, uh, some little stunt, I don't know, on on some sports show or whatever, but he was arm wrestling with, uh, who was that? I think it was Devin Larratt. And Devin Larratt's a professional arm wrestler, one of the best in, in the world, one of the best that's ever arm wrestled. And he's one of these guys, he'll go up against this, you know, 300-pound yoked up righted up bodybuilder and he'll just crush him like he's not even trying he did this with other guys that were there or whatever he went up against shaq he, he could barely move his arm i think he eventually won but you immediately when it started and this is a, and by the way shaq has no form he has no technique he has no idea what he's doing if he ever trained to be an arm wrestler i bet he would beat professional arm wrestlers in within six months of training he just has so much raw power in his body, it's insane. I can't promise you Darnell Washington's going to be a good football player, but it's just hard to not look at the potential of this guy and and just completely fall in love with it. I know the consensus is 15 is too early, but I, I have no issue with it. There are certain guys that I look at, you know, like Jordan Addison or whatever, if they took him at 15, be like, Ey. I wish that was a little later. Even Even Michael Mayer. Like, cool, but I I wish this was like pick 25 or something. I've been saying, what have I been saying about Michael Mayer and Darnell Washington through this whole thing anyways? And I I know there's more to it than height, weight, speed and everything, but, you know, everything Michael Mayer can do is like, Michael Mayer's kind of, and I didn't even see what he ran. I got to check what he did, but um, Michael Mayer's a big dude. I mean, he's he's a large person that supposedly is going to be able to move. I mean, he can block, he can do all this stuff. Darnell Washington's bigger. He's Michael Mayer, but more in every respect. Doesn't look like he ran a 40, so I guess I don't really know where he stacks up, but... Oh, he did. A 4-7? Oh, he's, that's it. It's He's done. There's no way he's tight end one. 4, seven four. Yeah, I, I thought Michael... So I thought both of these tight ends would be faster. I thought Michael Mayer would be a smidge faster than, than Darnell Washington. Again, there's more to it than that, but that's that's borderline slow and again he's a he's, he's a relatively big guy but if you're just if you're looking for that darnell Washington and again if, if you're not really into that you can go the Dalton Kincaid route if you're looking for the better receiver you say well he's a better receiver well, okay then go Dalton Kincaid maybe it's just kind of a blend you get that high-end receiver ability but still get the the actual tight end ability but that's I struggle with that dude four seven four anyways I'll I'll discover these things and talk about it more tomorrow i'm I'm just shocked by that see and that's what i'm talking about in terms of changing your opinion of of people that hurts michael Mayer for me darnell washington doesn't really move a ton aside from being able to watch him run so smoothly and then even the blocking thing is is i mean it, it's impressive but it, it's kind of what i talked about like i said when he, he reminds me of like watching kids roll uh you know, when they're making snowmen and you roll the giant snowball down, that's what he looks like when he's blocking. I mean, he's just pushing people out of the way like they're nothing. So it's it, being able to visualize it really puts it into perspective and makes it awesome and makes you just go, dude, I need this guy. Maybe more so than I did, but nothing really changed aside from watching him run the gauntlet and just being that smooth and and be able to turn and get up field so quickly. And it just, it, it just solidified where I was at with him, I think, and especially with Mayer falling. The weird thing, though, is now, as I look at it, it's Packers, and I doubt they take Darnell Washington at 15, so we could probably just forget it. And there's no way. I, I, he ain't coming out of the first round. I don't think there's any way. But it went from um, branch or maybe an offensive lineman to, now I'm looking at it going, I don't know, Quentin Johnston, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Christian Gonzalez. It's a lot of reevaluating going on. Got to see what's going on with the offensive lineman. But I'm, I'm really excited to see how much these guys move up and down. Because as I'm looking at it, you know, obviously Anthony Richardson's going to be moving up. Jalen Carter's probably going to start moving down, you know, with his legal situation. Whether he should or shouldn't doesn't really matter because we're just talking about perception from, you know, around the uh, media landscape. And by media, a lot of this stuff is blogs and everything else. We're not talking actual uh, former GM's websites or anything. But, you know, Branch might fall, Addison might fall, and Jigba might go up, Mayor's probably going to fall. So... It'll be pretty interesting, but why don't we go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about some of the Green Bay Packers drama. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. All righty, so where to begin, where to begin? Let's uh, start with the report by Aaron Nagler that Aaron Rodgers is in New York. That is where um, both, uh, well, that's where Aaron Nagler resides So I don't know whether he saw him in person or whether that was through the grapevine or what, but obviously he's not making that up. But it's obviously led some people to speculate that this has something to do with the New York Jets. Now, although it's entirely true that the Jets are in New Jersey, we're talking about being like right next door to each other. And um, if he were to go in for a visit to the Jets, do you think he would maybe take a little time to go to New York? I think it's entirely possible. Now, somebody else had said that the girl that he's dating is from New York. So maybe that has something to do with it. But again, that doesn't necessarily mean that the Jets don't have anything to do with it. It could all be tied in together or it could just be tied into nothing. And he just happens to want to go to New York to visit with his lady friend or just because he feels like it and he's rich and he can do whatever he wants. You know how crazy that would be? If you had Aaron Rodgers money, you could just wake up and be like, "Eh, go to New York. And you wouldn't even need to like, I got to get like a plane ticket and go. You can get on a private plane. You can get on a private plane that flies you to New York and you can go eat some Italian food or something. Get some steaks with your lady friend and hang out and go see a show. And then when she says, what should we do tomorrow? It's like, you know, for most normal people, like, I don't know, I want to sleep in or we could uh, go see some touristy thing or get brunch. If you're Aaron Rodgers, you can say, I don't know. How does Miami sound? Want to go to Miami? Why Miami? I don't know. First thing that popped into my head, we can go to Miami. Nice weather, which is something else, by the way. Why would you go to New York in, uh, well, I guess it's March now, but still, it's cold. I mean, you know, the girlfriend and all that, I, fine. If any of that's even true, I don't know. I know she was born there. That's if those two are even dating, the, the Buck's owner's daughter, whatever. I don't know if that's even still a thing. She was apparently born there. I don't know if she still lives there. I have no idea. Kind of getting off the rails to begin with. But um, I think OMGing in any one direction either way is silly. Saying it's stupid to think he's there to visit the Jets is incorrect. Saying that that definitely means he's visiting the Jets is incorrect. I have no idea why he's in that area. Maybe tied to a visit. Maybe just for fun. It might be both. Then there was some talk, and I don't know if this is a report or speculation. It's probably speculation. But via Zach Rosenblatt, if the Jets get Rodgers, Packers wide receiver Alan Lazard, a free agent, could follow him to New York. And I could climb up to the top of my roof and nosedive off, but there's a good chance that I probably will choose not to do that. But anyways, maybe there's some actual uh, meat to those bones beyond just random thoughts that mean nothing. Honestly, the only reason I like that report is because good. I want, if Rodgers does leave, here's what I want. I want him to get exactly what he wants. I want him to get everything that he wants. I want him to control the entire offense. I want him to control the entire coaching staff. I want Randall Cobb there. I want Lazard there. I want Jay Kumaro there. I want Mercedes Lewis there. I want all of his old buddies. I want Jordy Nelson to go back. And I want it to be this big like reunion of just happiness where they get together and, you know, drive down the road with the with the the windows down with their hair blowing in the wind, just giggling, you know, listening to whatever. Storytale reunion? Well, don't you want that to happen in Green Bay? No, I'd like to win football games in Green Bay. So if I can have both, get to watch them all get together and just high five and hug. Which, by the way, they could do anywhere other than a football field. But you know, I just I just want him to do every single thing he wants somewhere else. Get it out of your system. Spend all the money available on wide receivers and tight ends. Bring in all your friends. You got Hackett. Bring your uh, quarterback coach. He can go with you. You can hire your inner circle to be your, uh, the coaching staff of the Jets. You know, Jim Bob can be the tight ends coach and Stevie can be the wide receivers coach. It doesn't matter because none of this is about winning. It's just about having a good time. Oh, geez. I just saw Darnell Washington catch a one-handed catch. Oh, by the way, I would be willing to bet that not a single tight end in the NFL catches that just based on the fact that his wingspan is so ridiculous his ups are so ridiculous, and the fact that he has the biggest hands probably in the entire NFL, not including offensive linemen. Anyway, sorry, I'm off that now. So one of the things I forgot to mention when I was talking, I think yesterday or whatever day it was, about the new article that came out. um, I think I talked, I don't even know if I brought it up. Tom Silverstein. In fact, the article is titled, There's No Mistaking It, The Packers Are Trying to Move On from Aaron Rodgers." Now, there isn't a ton of new information in here. Kind of highlights about how Gutekunst used to talk compared to how he is talking. We've talked about that, and I agree with the assessment. But I think the most important thing is this paragraph. And and the first part we've already heard, but we'll listen to the whole thing. Gutekunst told a colleague late last year that he thought it was Love's time to take the reins of Matt Lafleur's offense. We heard that part, but he continues. And in the last week... Others in the organization have said the same thing, saying it publicly hasn't been an option because there are so many moving parts when it comes uh, to Rogers and his future. So that that's that's a really big piece for me. Um, because one of the questions I had is about the timeline. The first thing we heard was from um, pff, what the heck is his name. I hate names, man. I wish you guys could just read my mind. Uh, McGinn? Yeah, McGinn. He had said that essentially the word from the inside is that everybody's sick of Aaron Rodgers, right? They're sick and tired of his crap. And so it's like, all right, well, how much is that you sort of adding your own little flair to what you've actually heard, which is maybe the Packers are kind of a little frustrated, but that doesn't really translate to anything. And then I added in a layer of when was this the the case. Could this have been from many years ago and you're just hanging on to this? Like, yeah, they hate him. They've hated him for years. But then it was within 24 hours, this news dropped, the the first part of this, which was that in late 2020, uh, 2022, Brian Gutekunst had mentioned to somebody that he thought it was time for Jordan Love to take over the offense. Now he's adding in, in the past week, more people from within the organization have said the same thing. That's a big piece, because we only have that one little tidbit that could potentially be misconstrued, or somebody told somebody who told somebody, you know, I don't really know how concrete any of this stuff is. But when you say in the last week, many more people have said it, this is just becoming a common thing that's being said now, and it echoes the sentiment that Bob McGinn said, making it seem as though what he said has a little bit more teeth to it, and the fact that it's getting out to guys like Silverstein that a lot of people are kind of saying this stuff. Makes it seem much more likely that Bob McGinn is actually hearing and stuff, and what he's hearing is that these guys are actually not only done with him, but they're really sick of him. I'm still struggling to take it so far as to say that they're going to bench him if he, if he d- demands to come back, but um, I do find that to be significant just as far as being a, a big piece of the puzzle. <laughs> By the way, the uh, weekly reminder of how much nobody cares about the XFL just – On Twitter right now, I see Brett Hundley's halftime stats, 6 for 12, 85 passing yards, 44 rushing yards, and a touchdown. Hashtag Vipers. Okay. (laughs) Oh, I forgot you were a thing. Spent 10 minutes yesterday talking about how stupid the XFL is, and then today forgot it was a thing. Sorry again for the interruption. Uh, you, You can blame Dara for this. There are currently 9 out of 13 tight ends with an RAS of 9 or above. And he says Goody is finding one in this draft for sure. Oh, it makes me happy. I just hope we get a good one. Anyways, stop interrupting me, Twitter. But I guess the question for me is how does this all sort of materialize? As weird as it sounds, it, it, it's not even the reports that the Packers don't want him back necessarily, like directly, that makes me think that he's not coming back. I can't picture a scenario in which Rodgers walks into the building and says, "Guys." I'm back. And they're like, no, you're not. I don't see that happening. And I I think that used to more or less lead me to believe that if he wanted to come back, the Packers would find a way or or they would kind of strong arm him like, well, then you better do that and hope that he just says, well, I'm not doing that. But I don't think that actually makes the most sense. I think more than likely, Rodgers, as he's already told us, is well aware of the Packers' feelings. That's why he's hinted to us numerous times about you know, just feeling like things are different, feeling that I think he's fully aware of where the Packers are at with all this stuff. And I'm sure the extra reports that have come out have further solidified his feelings on things. But the point is, I think it makes it much more unlikely that he's gonna even bother because he doesn't want to get shot down. He doesn't want to walk into the building and say, I'm ready to come back, what do I need to do? Only to find out the Packers are gonna say to a guy of his prestige, I mean, and, and this isn't even necessarily to say he's so egotistical he couldn't handle it, necessarily, but imagine being the back-to-back MVP just like a little over a year ago, talked about as one of the greatest throwers of the football, Super Bowl chant, like all that stuff. That's, that's you. And you want to come back to football because you believe you're still that guy. How can you believe you're still that guy and then walk into the organization and be told, we don't want you here? And so your only self-preserving option, I guess, would be number one, to retire and kind of take yourself out on your own terms, Kind kind of go out on top, although last year was a bit of a disaster, or say you want to be traded and keep your fingers crossed that there is a massive amount of bloodshed for everybody tripping over themselves to come and get you. But anyways, that brings us to the newest reports. And, and to be completely honest, these reports are probably nothing more than regurgitating what we have already heard from the people that actually, you know, know some stuff. Um, that being presumably Tom Silverstein and Bob McGinn. But um, there was uh, another article written here about um, Aaron Rodgers. This was from Tony Pauline. Again, it's relevant because they're all in this event together and everybody's talking to everybody. But he says, after speaking with multiple people on site, the sense I'm getting is the Green Bay Packers are ready for an amicable divorce with Rogers. Now, again, he said, the sense I'm getting, which, by the way, is the exact same thing. It was hilarious listening to uh, Schefter did something yesterday, did a interview thing, whatever. But he really emphasized the sense I'm getting. The sense, I am mean, he kept saying that to be very clear what we were talking about, which I appreciated. But... He's saying the sense I'm getting based on the conversations he had with people on site. In other words, he's reading between the lines, but it's based on information. So let me continue. It says, the sense I'm getting is the Green Bay Packers ready for an amicable divorce with Rogers. They have no problem parting ways with their franchise signal caller, but the franchise wants it done in a respectful manner. This does not deviate from what I've been hearing and reporting here at PFN since the Senior Bowl, The New York Jets and Las Vegas Raiders remain the top two suitors for the quarterback services if he chooses to move to Green Bay. I reported from the Senior Bowl the Jets will go all out for Rodgers. At the same time, I also reported Devontae Adams was privately recruiting his former quarterback just hours later. The All-Pro receiver released his now-famous mind tweet. The sense I'm getting from people is that the Raiders will uh, take a wait-and-see approach if Rodgers becomes available despite reports stating the franchise feels they have too many holes on their roster. To move assets for him. So now he's reporting that although some people are saying the Raiders are not in on Rodgers, they are. Okay. So we can put them back on the uh back on the board. So we'll see. I I again I'm I'm under the impression that something will be happening uh, relatively soon here. I'm recording this on Saturday. My assumption was that we would hear something prior to uh Pat McAfee's show on Tuesday. So we will see if that holds up. But I'm going to leave you guys with that. i got to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic rest of your day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.